Um, before I, I get into some thoughts and, and my word, uh, I just want to thank the family to us, really. And it's, um, we have Louie and Gotti Pazzo from Key West are, are in the back. If you could just give them a hand for being here with us. And then we love them. They came from Key West to visit, and today they're going to go see the heat break. They're losing streak and win today. So double amen for that. Uh, we got a brother in the Lord, someone who is family. Uh, without being blood, and um, it's Lasso and his wife Julie. They're here with us from the way, so they came with us, and then we're gonna go with them at two o'clock, two thirty to their place. So we thank you. Let's give a hand to Lasso and Julie for. Amen. We love you guys. We love you guys dearly. Amen. Um, just this week alone, it's the last week. It's been a week of challenges for our church. Um, some things that are private that I will not discuss with that some of our church members are going through just because I'm not allowed to discuss that publicly. But I know some families here are really going through some uh, struggles. I've received text messages throughout this week. Not all of them I've been able to text. Some of them I really have been praying for. And um, of just families in our church that are really um, being challenged right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, families that are really struggling. And Families that we love, families that we're praying for, families that me and my wife are lifting up in prayer and believing that God's purposes will be revealed in his due time. Uh, just last week, we've had two of our church members and lose two members of their family. I think this is going in and out. I don't want the technology to steal God's word, amen? Can someone give me the handheld? Check. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's all right. God has all the time in the world. We might not, but... <laughs> um, a third one, who his father is still battling for his life today. We, I got to go visit her and her family and pray with their family. Um, right after church. Come on. Right after church. Um, on Sunday. Pastor Rigo, can you guys please pray for my father, who just got, is getting rushed right now to the hospital ER. We know it's something of his heart. And we're like, goodness, you know. And um, it's just one thing after another thing. It's, it's just sometimes doesn't end. How many of you love our brother Phil, Phil, Phil Dorsian? Amen? I love him. Oh, Phil. I love you so much, man, that I don't have to do, I think. How many of us love Rudy? I can't preach with something on me. Oh, I fell. Oh, freedom. All right. And it's been a, a week of challenges in new life for our church members, for families, losing people, people fighting for their lives, even till today when I received a text message. And then in my own personal family, I think I've gone to the urgent care two times this week, stayed up last night till... 3.30 till I was able to go downstairs and just sleep on the couch. Not because me and Nancy got in a fight, but because Jackson is just not getting better. And then my wife's still sick. I mean, it's just one thing after, it's just challenges and challenges of life, you know. And um, I couldn't think of anything better to speak but then to say, challenges come. So why not just say, welcome. Welcome challenges. And that's today's message. 
in all of our, so if you're being challenged in your faith, if you're being challenged in your family, if you're being challenged in whatever area that you might be, be, be challenged in, today I want you to experience something that you might never want to experience. Here it is. We're going to look at challenge in the face, and we're going to say, welcome challenge. Welcome. You're probably like, no. Well, let's, let's punch challenge in the mouth. And today we're going to be like, we'll get the chance to punch challenge in the mouth. But first we're going to welcome them, and then we'll punch them while they're in the house. Amen? Martin Luther King once was quoted for saying this. Check this out. The true meaning of a man is not how he behaves in moments of comfort and controversies, but how he stands at times of controversy and challenges. Behaves in moments of comfort and convenience, sorry, the true measure of a man, but instead how he stands at times of controversy and challenges. Martin Luther King hit it on the head, I would say, with that quote. And, and challenges does a lot to us. Challenges can be very scary. How many of you can say, yep, it sure can. Some, for some people, you're one of those freaks by nature that fat challenges are just fun for you. You're crazy, but you're one of those, and that's okay. But for some of us, when challenges arise, we're just like, can I hide under my covers? Can I turn off the lights? Can I go to sleep, right? One way that challenge can be defined, it's a call to fight. It's one of the ways that it's defined. Challenge can be looked at as, as a battle, as a duel, going head-to-head -head with something when you define the word challenge. And here at New Life, we've learned through many studies and through many sermons that life is full of this word, challenge. Now, the, as I was thinking about challenges and what my family is going through and what our church family is going through, I, I wrote this down. I said, if you have gone through a challenge and there was a breeze for you to get through, just a breeze for you to get through it. it was, if it was easy to you, if it was easy for you, then the truth is that was no challenge at all, okay? And that's the importance of, of looking at today's message. See, the word challenge, every time it is mentioned, it is always defined with words or phrases as such. Phrases like engaged in contest, call to battle, or words like difficulty and strength. Doesn't seem easy to me. Because I know that if you want to get stronger, <clears throat> for example, and you want to go to the gym to get stronger, I know that you need to what? Push yourself to limits that you've never pushed yourself to. Because you want to push your muscles to lift up more weight so that you can become more powerful. So in that, there is pain in becoming stronger. And in life, challenges arise to make us stronger. But within that process of making us stronger, there is pain. How many of you have experienced pain? How many of you are experiencing pain? And for the rest of you, get ready because you will experience pain. And challenges are made of such things and it's so true. They were never made to be easy. See, when you look at a challenge, something that is placed before us in order to bring strength, in order to bring growth to our mind, to our body, and to our soul, it needs to come in the form of, the only way I could explain it is in the form of difficulty, in the form of pressure, and in the form of hardship. If something is going to strengthen my mind, body, and soul, there's got to be a hardship behind it. There's got to be some sort of pressure that's going to get me through it. Moments like these, these moments of difficulty, listen now, 
These should be moments that will catapult us and catapult us to a person with that uh, to a person that is filled with confidence. When, when you are challenged by the challenges of life, it should move us forward. It should catapult us to a person of strength. And the most important thing is, it is a person now that has a deeper, stronger faith. How many of you have gone through a challenge, and because of that challenge, your faith, man, it just got injected with steroids. It just grew. And people ask you and say, how is it that you're able to deal with such a thing? And you look up at it in the eyes, and, and, and it's not a special prayer, and it's not a, a fire tunnel of prayer that you walk through. It's not even a 40-day fast that you entered, maybe, uh, maybe, but maybe it's not. It wasn't a special service. It was you look up at their eyes, and you say, it was the challenges of life that brought forth the greatest person that you could see today. If I did not experience those challenges, you would not be experiencing this person. That's good. You could write that. And that's the truth. Challenges that we experience make us the person who we are today. They catapult us. And I'm going to be very honest with you. If you look closely, I'm going to use a better word. If you look wisely, wisely, at your life's challenges, you're going to see God's hand. But only if you use wisdom. In reality, when we're being challenged, very few of us use wisdom in challenges. Can my wise people say amen? So, okay, so we don't have too many wise people today. That's good. I'm preaching to the right place. Amen. Here we go. But if we look <clears throat> closely and wisely... We'll see God's hand performing a greater work in our lives. Ain't that true, my challengers? And that's the truth. And in life, we face these things. Some of them are small. Some of them are actually much bigger. My, my wife is sick. My son is sick. They're not getting better. I get a text message just 30 minutes ago. Pray for my father. He doesn't look good. ER, heart condition, big challenge. I would say mine's a smaller challenge compared to their big challenge. But nonetheless, there's still challenges in your life. Amen? And they come in different sizes, different forms. And then I recognize that people can do either one or two things. They can give up or they can grow up. And I'm wondering what new life is made of. I'm wondering if this church is filled with this is not a word, so don't ever use this word and say you learned it in church. I'm wondering if we're filled with giver-uppers in here. We just give up when challenges arise. Or within these challenges, do we grow up to be a greater person, man, woman of God? Who are we, new life? Who are you, new life? Do you give up or do you grow up in the midst of these challenges? The easiest thing that anyone can do is give up. Give up before the presence of that challenge. And when we face them, we could retreat or we could challenge the challenge right back and walk straight into it and encounter it. How many of you are saying, I'm ready to encounter this after today? I love the book of Jeremiah. I'm going to ask you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 1 real quick. Once you're there, can you, can you give me an amen? I want to make sure you're there with me. 
One person, anyone else? Jeremiah, good. The louder the better. Anyone? Jeremiah chapter 1. As you look at Jeremiah chapter 1, it's an amazing passage. I love Jeremiah actually, but it's an amazing passage. Let me tell you why it's an amazing passage. Especially in verse 5. Jeremiah, we're going to read this, but just give me a second as I introduce this to you. Jeremiah is actually told here long before that he was even born that God was going to use him. Like that's freaky to me. Okay? God like comes face to face with Jeremiah and he's like, hey, Jay, check this out. Before you were even born, before you were in your mother's womb, I already knew you and I already chose you. Ain't that crazy? Ain't that crazy that God could come before you in the midst of your challenge and say, hey, church, hey, individual, and one-on-one say to you, before you were even in your mother's womb, I mean, before you were even created, before you were even thought of by your parents, I already knew you, I already thought of you, I already formed you in my mind, and I already chose you to do something amazing. And you're just like, whoa, blown away. Me? Out of all people? And God's like, yep, you. And that's what Jeremiah is going through. He is told that God was going to, had chosen him to do something very important, actually a very important task. And this is what it was. Jeremiah was called to be a prophet. And as he was going to be a prophet, it was, just, it was not just to his kingdom, which his kingdom at this day was called Judah. He was called to be a prophet, not just to the kingdom of Judah, but a prophet unto all the nations, which is even bigger. Because you see, you could be an amazing, amazing preacher to your county, Dade County or Broward County. But when God comes to you and says, no, not just Dade County, not just the city of Miami, whoa, not just the state of Florida, you're getting carried away. Not just the southeast, not just the United States. So listen, listen, I'm going to call you in front of the, all, every single country. In front of nations. And, and yesterday, I, I, my wife was, we took her again to the urgent care. And it was late at night. And I said, I got to do something. So I started looking at a conference that Billy Graham spoke on. And then I said, wow, that's close. Like a Jeremiah. God knew Billy Graham from the be- beginning of time that he was going to talk to nations among nations. Not just his hometown. Not just his state. Not just his country. But many countries before him. And this is what was going on with Jeremiah. You're going to speak to all the nations. He was called by God. He was charged with an amazing and an awesome responsibility. Listen, he was to speak God's word to Judah. And not just to Judah, but to every single nation around Judah. He was going to speak it to his own people. And he was going to speak the word to the rest of the world. Have you tried that lately? It's pretty hard, right? And now I love this because when Jeremiah spoke God's word, listen. The words that Jeremiah spoke would determine the destinies that those nations, the destinies of those nations, the course that those nations would take. And you might say, well, why? What is so powerful behind Jeremiah's words? Listen, Jeremiah was chosen to speak God's word, and God's word will always come to pass. And when he spoke a word to the nations, that right there shaped the course of that nation. And right then and there, Jeremiah recognized, I have a huge responsibility. I will destroy nations with my mouth, and I will lift up and bless nations with my mouth. Can you imagine the Lord trusting you with such power? No, I mean serious. Get into the text. Can you imagine the Lord trusting you with such power that out of your mouth, 
not just a person. You can bless a nation or you could curse a whole nation. That's powerful for a prophet to hold within them. Why am I breaking this down? Because I want you to see the challenge that Jeremiah had. That's a challenge for me. Because God, you're asking me to do something very big. You're asking me to be very responsible. You're asking me to speak of something that is very powerful. You're asking me to speak something that is going to determine the destinies of many nations because of God's word. You're, you're asking me to make warnings to Judah and to many other nations that they're going to have to either bow down and listen to or be destroyed. God, can you pick someone else? And I love God's word as we read this. He's like, nope, I chose you. Nobody else but you. So be quiet. I fight for you. Start talking. Let's read the passage. And, and what I want to do is I want you to let the passage do the preaching. I want you to let the scriptures do the talking as you read it together with me. Watch this. Jeremiah chapter 1, put your eyes on verse 4. Everyone on verse 4? Everyone on verse 4? All right. It says, the Lord gave me this message, Jeremiah speaking. And he said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart, Jeremiah. And I appointed you as my prophet to all nations. And Jeremiah in verse 6 says, oh Lord, oh sovereign Lord. He says, I can't speak for you. I'm, I'm just a youth. I'm too young. And the Lord replies and says back to Jeremiah, he says, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you, and you must say whatever I tell you. And do not be afraid of the people, for I will be with you, and I will protect you. And he says, I, the Lord, have spoken this into your life. So the Lord reaches out his hand, and he touched my mouth, Jeremiah said. And look what he tells Jeremiah. He says, look, today I've put my words in your mouth. No, don't you just love God's word when you read it? Just let it sit in you. Then he says, today I appoint you to stand up. How many of you have not stood up in a long time? Let's not even get into that. Just been sitting. Stand up against nations and against kingdoms. Jeremiah, some of these nations you must uproot and tear down. You must destroy and over. Guys, he's talking to a young man. He's talking to a youth who has never spoken a word like this in his life. And he says, some of these nations you're going to destroy. Some of these nations you're going to uproot and overthrow. And then there's going to be others in verse 10 that you're going to build up and you're going to plant. And then the Lord said to me, look, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch from an almond tree. And the Lord said, good, that's right. It means that I'm watching and I'm going to certain carry out all of my plans. And he shows him a vision and shows him what that vision means. And in verse 13, the Lord says, look again, what do you see? And Jeremiah says, and I said, I see a pot, a pot of boiling water and it's spilling from the north. And then he says this, you're right. Yes, for terror from the north is going to boil out on the people of this land. And then he says to Jeremiah again, listen, I'm calling the armies of the kingdoms of the north to come to Jerusalem. And I, the Lord, have spoken. They're going to they're set their thrones at the gates of the city. They're going to attack its walls and all the other towns of Judah. You know what he's saying, right? Your hometown is done. I will pronounce judgment on all my people for all their evil. 
Because they deserted me and they burned incense to other gods. There's the problem. There is the problem of Judah. They began to worship other gods. And God is not happy when his people begin to worship other gods. And then he goes on and he says this. Yes, they worship idols made with their own hands, Jeremiah. Now watch 17 as we get ready to end this passage. He says, Jeremiah, get up. Prepare for action. Get out and tell them everything that I tell you to say. Don't be afraid of them or I will make you look foolish in front of them. You could underline that part. That part's awesome. Don't be scared. Don't back down. Don't surrender to this challenge. Don't back away from this challenge. Don't be crippled from this challenge. I'm telling you that if you do, I will make you foolish before your enemies. And you're like, okay. All right. For see, Jeremiah, today, today I make you strong. I make you like a fortified city, and it cannot be captured. Now he's encouraging him, right? I make you like an iron pillar of a bronze or a bronze wall. You will stand against the whole land. You will stand against the kings and the officials and priests and all the people of Judah. And look at verse 19 as I close off on this section with this verse. They will fight you. But they will fail. For I am with you and I will take care of you. And again, I'm going to remind you that I, the Lord, has or have spoken. Love it. What was Jeremiah going through? I hope that passage just blessed you. Hey, God, uh, you're calling me to do something pretty, um, pretty out there. You know, one man, one man team by myself to go destroy nations. God's like, yep, you. It's a pretty big challenge. He's like, I know, I fight with you. I don't know, there's a lot of people, my enemies are going to destroy me. He's like, I got your back. Don't back down. You're going to be look like a fool. Face those challenges. Face them head on and watch us conquer those things. I mean, it's amazing. It's a powerful chapter. Jeremiah chapter 1. I read that because I wanted you to see that Jeremiah, even in his youth, was faced with just such tremendous challenges. If you start to read the passages of Scripture, if you literally begin to open up this book, and you begin to study the people of Scripture, one by one, just take a journey through it. You're going to recognize amazing achievements. You're going to recognize the conquering of all these great saints, achievements of all these great saints. For example, if I say, Moses, give me an awesome achievement. Yeah, he parted the sea. Um, David. Goliath. Good. Daniel. Good. Abraham. Father of many nations. Um, um, I mean, I could just, we could go down the list, right? I mean, it's filled. Filled with men and women. I could go to Esther. Or challenging your Bible knowledge. Y'all better start reading your word. All right? And we could just keep going. Ezra. All right. Study these names. And if you take an inventory of the scriptures, you're going to recognize, whoa, achievements. Whoa, conquerors. These are some amazing, great, and mighty saints. Ready? Whoa, Jeremiah. Man, wow. Amazing person, Jeremiah. And we seem to, to ponder and to point these things out only. Listen, 
the achievements. We seem to highlight the conquerors and the conquering that they did. And that's what we talk about and that's what we preach on. David grabbed some rocks and he slung the giant. The church says, amen. And Daniel was in the lion's den ready to be destroyed by lions. But the angels shut the lion's mouth and the rock was rolled away and he walked away. And everyone says, amen. And Moses, the enemies were behind him and he had a promised land to go to. But there was a sea and he hit the sea with his staff and the sea split in half. And then as the enemies came behind them, they all drowned on the sea. And the church says, amen. And Jesus Christ, he died, and, and but he, he was stuck in this grave. But on the third day, he resurrected, and the church says, come on, man. We preach all that. I can keep going, man. But we forget to focus on some very important details that are just or maybe even greater than the achievements and the conquering that they went through. And it was this. It's that none of these amazing saints, come on, catch this, received personal or national greatness until walking through some of their greatest, difficult, and strongest challenges. Because David did not become king until he started to destroy some enemies. One like Goliath. Daniel didn't gain that favor and the whole land worship his God until he surpassed the lion's den. And we could go one by one that every single one of these went through challenges. So this is what I was thinking about doing. I was thinking about giving you examples, right? Of different people and giving examples of their moments of challenges and how it catapulted them to becoming great individuals who achieved great things, but then as I began to do the list, I, I recognized something. Every biblical saint fits that list, list perfectly. So I said, forget that. There's too many to name, so you guys have to study that on your own. But in Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about these saints. And I'm going to show you guys a video in like three minutes, three minutes. Give me three minutes, and I'm going to show you a video that's going to bless you. In Hebrews 11, it talks about these saints, saints who were faced with extreme challenges and difficulties. And how each one was able to overcome with faith. You've ever read Hebrews 11? Amazing. Study Hebrews 11 when you get home. The saints of God went through hardship, went through difficulty, went through what we're calling challenges. But they overcame every single one of those challenges because they had faith. In James chapter 5 verse 11, James writes this. And he writes this about the saints. And he writes this about the saints of Hebrews 11. Listen to what James says. He says, we count them blessed who endure. And and now is kind of what I'm going to get into my message. The NLT says this. We give great honor to those who endure. Do you know what James does in chapter 5 verse 11 as he says that? He goes on and he continues to write about an amazing person that I haven't mentioned to you yet. And his name is Job. We all know Job, right? And, and as he begins to write the story of Job, he, he, says, he says, we count them blessed. We, we give great honor to those who endure. And then he begins to speak about Job. And he says, you've heard. You've heard of the perseverance of Job. He tells the church. And you've seen. You've seen how it was intended by the Lord. I, I underline that in my notes. That the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. I said, what? 
What did he just say? He said, Job went through some serious and some strong challenges. But in the midst of his challenges, the Lord intended. Everyone say intended. I love what James is saying here. He's like, he intended that he would show his compassion and his mercy over Job. But why did he allow Job to go through such circumstances and go through such challenges? And James is like, I don't know, but I know what he intended it for. He intended it to show him compassion, to show him mercy, so that Job could see that only one is good and that his God is good. And James is writing that on the passage of scripture. It was intended by God. You mean to tell me that the Lord knew that Job was going to face those challenges? Church, the answer is yes. Wait a minute, Pastor Rico, because now you're really bothering me. You mean to tell me that God knew I was going to face the challenges that I'm facing right now in my family, at work, and amongst my friends? And the answer is what, church? Yes. And some of your stories are very hard that you can't even grab a mic because you'll start to cry. That's how serious some of your challenges are. But I'm going to tell you something. That no matter how strong your challenges are, no matter how difficult they might be, James is revealing something to us. And it's this. The Lord intended it for his goodness. So while you can't even speak about it, I want you to know that God has already thought about it and he's walking you through it. God intended good to come out of your challenge. I promise you that. And you probably didn't see it on day one. You probably didn't see it on day 50. You probably didn't see it after year one. But you're probably now in year 10 of your challenge. And you've recognized that the Lord intended it to fill you with compassion and mercy. That unless you would have never gone through that challenge, you would have never experienced his compassion and his mercy. And that's the truth. That is the greatest truth. Because I'm going to tell you something. I wonder if most of you would still worship Jesus the same if he would have never died on the cross for you. It's because he died on the cross for you that we worship him like a crazy mad people. You see, he knew and he intends and he understands. And Hebrews 11 talks about these saints who receive some challenges and James says, hey, 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 it's an honor. It's a great honor. Those who endure life's challenges. There is something that remains stable. Listen. There's something that becomes concrete in a believer's life like the ones in Hebrews 11. You want to know what the answer is? What is it that remains stable? What is it that becomes concrete in your life when you receive challenges? Anyone know the answer? The answer is your faith. Your faith. And the Hebrews 11, if you read those things, they were cut in half. I'm not even lying. Sorry for the, for the rated R scene of it. But it's, they were cut in half, split in two. And they remained faithful. And they conquered. Being sawed in half. What? That's crazy. You mean, how do you conquer that? Because of their faith. So I want to tell everyone here. Not to lose hope. Don't let your faith waver. Listen to what I wrote in my notes. There's too much on the line. And there's too much of God's goodness to pass on. 
See, I read these scriptures and I want to endure like the saints of Hebrews 11. I want to be like James said, that the Lord intends at the end that he would show me compassion and mercy. I want, I don't know about you, but I want to be counted as blessed. I want to receive great honor. Anyone with me? And that's what James is saying. That's what Hebrews is saying. And then we, we start to recognize and see this stuff. And Hebrews 11.6, I shared with my Wednesday Bible study here. They tells us that without faith, it is what? Wednesday group? It is impossible. It's impossible to please God if there's not faith in your life. How many of you want to please God? Me, me. Amen. You got faith? No, no. You're not pleasing God. Hebrews says it's impossible without faith to please God. So this is what I want to talk to you about. Ready? When challenges arise, when Mr. Challenge comes knocking at your door, I want you to do this. Welcome Mr. and Mrs. Challenge. Welcome them into your house. Huh? Whoa. Welcome them into your family. Welcome them into your workplace. Welcome them into your faith. Because you know that James says God intends to do something great in that challenge. Welcome challenge. Welcome challenge. And as you welcome challenge in your life, live through it in faith. And as you welcome challenge in your life and you live through it in faith, I'm going to tell you a secret. Ready? The Bible teaches us that you overcome through it in your faith. You could give God praise for that. Because faith is a gift from God. Faith is a gift from God. So you could give the gift giver some praise. I know who you're giving the praise to. And that's important. How many of you can say today, welcome challenge? I know, I know. For some of you, it's still hard. You can't say it. You'll say it by the end of the service. For some of you, it's hard. Welcome challenge. Welcome challenge. I'm going to read two scriptures, show you a video. Here we go. James 1.12 says this. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast. Under trials. You know what that word trial means? Bless you. You know what that word trial means? It means a test that challenges your faith. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under the test that challenges your faith. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Wow. Amen. And then even earlier, I love the book of James. That's why I'm staying on James a lot today. In James chapter 1, look at verses 2, 3, and 4. I'm going to read it from a different translation because of the way it words it. The message says this. Consider it a sheer gift. Friends, when tests, tests that challenge your faith, and challenges, there it is, come at you from all sides. Did you just hear him? Consider it a gift when challenge comes at you from all sides. Are you crazy? James, you have lost your mind. He's like, no, seriously. Consider it a blessing. It's a gift when challenges come to you from every, not, I love this, ready? Not just from one side, but from where, church? Yeah, when you're just being drowned by challenges, he says this, it's a gift, man. Consider it a gift. He says this, you know this, church, that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open. And it begins to show its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you become mature and well-developed not deficient in any way. Wait a minute. So challenges, God uses them to do a greater work in me. And the answer is, yes. James is like, absolutely. Check, 100 points for you. Bullseye. 
You need challenges. Because if it wasn't for those challenges, people around you wouldn't see your true colors. You know what's scary about some of the saints? When challenges arise, those true colors come out, and they're not the colors that we should be showing. And God's like, good. I wanted that to come out. Because when those colors that should not be coming out are coming out, now I'm showing you what you got to work in. Can I tell you a little, a little thing that happened yesterday? Come on. Can I tell you? I'm transparent. I'm driving. My wife's in the back with the baby. My dad wasn't with us yet. He showed up a little bit. We were, I think we left my... Oh, he was in another car. That's right. We were, we were, you were following us. And, and I'm driving my wife, and, and something happened with another car, right? This happened in the daytime. And, and, and I went... And my wife, and I said, oh, my God. And my wife was like, what's wrong with him? I'm like, I don't know. He's just stopped in the middle of the road. He's like, oh, my gosh. And she started to get a little irritated. And she goes, and I go, don't worry about it. It gets good. Relax. And, and, she, and she goes, well, who am I talking to today? And I was like, and I, and I, and I kind of went around calmly. I waited for the person. I forgot to tell you the story. And she looks at me and is like, oh, you know, who am I speaking to today? How come you, you know? And I looked at her and I go this. You know, whatever you say comes back and bites you, right? Watch what happens to me. I said, Nancy, I looked at her. I go, I'm being sanctified. And every day I'm being sanctified. So I probably acted a different way yesterday, but today I'm going to act different. God is sanctifying me. Who said amen? I'm not done with the story. <laughs> Hold on to your amen. But watch what happens. I'm like, and she's like, oh, okay. She had to stay quiet because I gave her the gospel. I said, <laughs> this is a true story. Guys, I wish she was here. She's sick. Pray for her. But I wish she was here because I said, it's not, you know, now I gave the, this husband, don't do this part. This is a bad part. I said, it's not my fault that some of us are being sanctified while the others are not. <laughs> so she stayed quiet. I think deep down in her heart, I think she knew she was going to get me back, right? So guess what happens? Later on night, she's still sick, sick, sicker, sicker, sicker. I need to go to the urgent care. I can't take this. So I go, okay, let's go. We go to the urgent care, and it's just me and her now, no baby in the car. At least he heard the sanctified speech. And as we're driving, this car was behind me from the light. And I'm turning, and I'm like, you know, relax, whatever, you know. And I see this guy's in a hurry. He wants to hit me. And he gets around me, but then he kind of swerves into me. And I go, what's wrong with this guy? And bro, and the animal came out of me. And my wife, eight hours difference, says, I'm so glad you're being sanctified. <laughs> now, guess who stayed quiet? I literally went like this. Idiot. <laughs> she stayed quiet this morning, and tonight she had the last word. If you know anything about my marriage with Nancy, close friends, you know this. I need to have the last word. Any husband say amen? I need to have the last word. I need to, but she got it yesterday, to, and, and I, I'm going to get her back. <laughs> but in James, some of you are real good friends of ours, and you know that I'm not lying. You know that this stuff happens in my household. But there's one person that might know. All right, so in James, he says, your true colors come out. Don't get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. Become mature. Become well-developed. Don't become deficient. Hey, hey, church, church, church. Welcome. Welcome challenge. Pastor God really don't feel like it. Well, I'm sorry. Because all over the Bible, it's teaching you to welcome it. Why? Because God wants to do something better in you. How many of you want to be made better? I do. And God's like, awesome. I'm in that business. Check out this challenge I'm throwing your way. There are two young boys. I'm going to show you. It's going to be a little long, but then we're going to, and then we're going to wrap it up right after that. We're going to try our best to wrap it up. 
His name, one's name is Leroy, and the other one's name is, and I, can, I never could say it right, D'Artagnan. I want you to see this as we start getting ready to play it. We're going to show a story of two young men. It's a little long. Enjoy it. And then I'm going to wrap this up after you see this. Look how two young men received challenge, but they were able to move on. I can't show you the whole video, but I'll show you minutes of it. So you could see how some of these challenges are welcomed to bring out a greater work in you. I don't know if they're Christians, but watch this amazing work through life's challenges. Are we ready? would you do for a friend? At Lincoln West High School in Cleveland, senior wrestlers D'Artagnan Crockett and Leroy Sutton are a team of their own. Inseparable, joined together at more than the hip. Notice your match, right? Saw me. Saw me. D'Artagnan has lifted Leroy onto his back and carried him to and from every match, on and off every bus, into and out of every gym this past season. At more than 170 pounds, Leroy is not a light load. As often as people turn when D'Artagnan walks by with another wrestler on his back, they stop cold when Leroy hits the mat. It's like some type of power. It's like it just rushes through me. I get the feeling like my hands sometimes shake. So I like sit them on the mat for a second, level them back out. And then I get in my stands. Don't touch me. Don't get near me. Because I will show you my strength. With virtually no lower body, he compensates by using his lower center of gravity and brute upper body strength. His technique is, I just want to grab you, hold on to you, put you on your back, and squeeze as hard as I can. You know, that's the kind of wrestler that he is. While wrestling is a test for Leroy, much of life has been a trial. The one that shaped his body, if not his life, came on a set of train tracks in Akron, Ohio in 2001, when he was 11 years old. It just comes by, comes by. And it was rocks and gravel. And I kind of just slipped and just kind of just went under. I was just staring at the sun the whole time. I was not trying to look down because that's when I would have panicked. His backpack caught by one of the passing cars, Leroy was pulled beneath the train. I just asked why. That's all I did. The whole time I was in the hospital, I just asked why. Why? 
every night I could not go to sleep. When I tried to go to sleep, I'd end up hearing the sound of a train and it just woke me back up. His left leg was amputated below the knee, his right leg below the hip. Leroy spent grueling hours in rehabilitation. Those hours changed his body above the waist as well. When I finally built my arm muscles up, I did not want my chair. I did not want to be in my chair. That's why I move around on my arms a lot. That ability to move, to lift and flip and twist his body, led him to wrestling. After transferring to Lincoln West just last year, Leroy's first practice partner was the only wrestler powerful enough to handle him, D'Artagnan. He was a complete powerhouse. Like the first time I wrestled him, his strength is almost unbelievable. I never wrestled anyone as strong as him, being as strong as I am. Wrestling is a sport of shared suffering. Its techniques developed in pain. Its mastery through exhaustion. Practice requires more than a teammate. It demands a partner. Day after day, month after month. As practice partners, D'Artagnan and Leroy grappled with each other all season long. Each the other's competitive constant. And the competition connected them in a way that went beyond the mat. They were together everywhere, down school hallways. What up, Mr. Hans? Hello, Hansi. <laughs> In the weight room. <laughs> On team bus rides. Guess what? what? It's peanut butter jelly time! Peanut butter jelly time! Together, because they share more than a sport. For the teammate who carried Leroy on his back all season knows something about challenges. From where I'm sitting, I can just barely make out your facial features. How far away am I from you? Four or five feet, something like that. D'Artagnan is legally blind. Born with Leber's disease, a condition that causes acute visual loss, D'Artagnan has been severely nearsighted his entire life. Hi, can you let me know when I get to West 25th and Meyer? If I try to look at the street signs, I can't really read the words on it. Pretty amazing story. Now, something's off in the lights. It's an amazing story because I can't show you the rest of it, but he gets his prosthetic legs. And right next to D'Artagnan, the one who's blind, he walks beside him and grabs his diploma. <clears throat> the blind one, young man, D, he goes on to win the bronze medal in the Paralympics in London. His friend, Leroy, goes all the way to London to be there with him. It's an amazing story. Now they're older in years, and they've learned how to overcome the life challenges that have come their way. Many people face adversity, especially someone that has had legs and then loses legs. But have just gone into Great Depression. 
but maybe just kill themselves. But he said something totally different. And I pray that it becomes the model of how we live life. That when we welcome challenge, we can say, don't touch me. Don't even get near me. Because I'm going to show you my strength. Can you imagine if we lived with such a faith, with such a strength in the midst of our greatest challenges? Come on. You want to get near me? You want to touch me? Mr. Challenge, Mrs. Challenge, I'm going to show you my strength. Hebrews 11 shows us challenges of the saints, like I just said. And I personally don't like challenges. I'm going to be very honest with you today. I don't like them. And I said, if you like them, you're kind of crazy, and I love you. And as competitive as I might be, you may think that I would like them, but challenges hurt. Am I? Uh, come on, some families, am I right? They hurt. I know there's some right now that are hurting. Challenges hurt. Challenges are painful. That girl that just texted me comes to our church. Her dad's being rushed, heart problem. You don't think that's painful. You don't think that hurts. Challenges are unpredictable. Challenges are out of my control. That's why I don't like them. And I'm sure you probably share some of the same feelings with me. But I know that even though I don't like them, listen, church, because I'm going to get ready to end. Not yet, but give me a second. I know that I have to still walk in them and not back down from them. Come on, because this could change your life forever and the rest of your life and what you do. There's no running away from challenge. When challenges are overcome, you start to see in Scripture that we receive joy, we receive assurance, we receive this faith in our lives. So what I want us to do as we do get ready to close is I want us to live with a heart that is expecting challenge and that we say welcome challenge. And as I welcome you into my life, get ready to see my strength. Paul wrote about this perfectly. In his greatest challenges, he said that Christ became his strength. And challenges are never desired, church, unless you're one of those. But look what I write next. But they're always needed in a believer's life. And you might be looking at me today and say, Pastor Rico, I really don't need this challenge. But my answer is, I really don't know what God is doing in you. He saw it fit. And I pray that as challenge, as we welcome challenge, it brings a change in us. And the change that I'm talking about, new life, is this. It is a change for a greater change. Leonard Ravenhill, if you don't know who that is, get to know him. Pastor already, but an amazing preacher, one of the best preachers ever. And Leonard Ravenhill said this, the question isn't, were you challenged? The question is, were you changed? So you might be challenged, you might have gotten challenged, but can I ask you a question, church? Did your greatest challenge change you? Because the next one should. And if it doesn't, there's going to be another one. It should. 
And challenges are a gift like James teaches us. Look at them as a gift. And they're a gift because they're showing your true colors. And as you see your true color, they're transforming you for a greater work. It's not whether you've been challenged. Church, it's whether you've been changed. I love stories of people that have been challenged in life. But there's a change through their challenge. But what good is a story of challenge without change? It's just a story with no power. It's just a story with no engine in it. It's a car that sits beautifully, but the motor never runs and the car never moves. But when you hear a story of one who has entered life's challenge and they're changed, you see something beautiful and you smell something beautiful from their aroma, don't you? You smell so good. I love being with you. I love coming to you for advice because they've been changed through some challenges. I wrote this down and it's this, I've realized that in conquering my challenges, I've gained the confidence for what I would face later on. How many of you have gone through a challenge and are facing something and the only reason why you're able to face whatever you're facing to, to, through today is because of a challenge that took place yesterday? And I've recognized that it's catapulted me forward and it's caused me to gain confidence to what I'm going to face later on. I want the attitude of Leroy. Come on, challenge. Welcome. Come on, come and touch me. Come on, come and get near me. I dare you. Because I will show you my strength. And if we're just a church that lives like that. If we could just be a people that live like that. Because I look at Leroy's life and, and Dee's life. And these are two men that face some challenges. But yet, in the midst of facing their challenges, I could truly say they've gained some confidence. Have they not? What double amputee have you ever heard say? I'm going to show you my strength. Come on. Their challenges changed them and gave them something they never had before. And I'm going to end. There was a kingdom that needed a king. Because the king that was there was being disobedient to the Lord's ways. And God was going to start lifting up this new king. He had no idea. So what does he do? He says, to prepare you to become the king of my nation, I'm going to put you in challenges of life that you're going to probably hate. But you're going to see that there's a purpose behind this challenge. So he goes one day in his young years and his brothers are at war. And his king who God wants to take away from the throne, is at war. And he goes to take some bread and water to the war, into the field where they're at war. And as he's standing there, before his people, stands their enemies. And we know the story of the mighty warrior. And his name was Goliath. And as Goliath stood there, he began to mock this young man's brothers and king, this nation called Israel. 
And here was this king of Israel who God was not pleased with. His name was Saul. And he was looking at the battlefield and he was looking at his men all shaking and tears and scared. And he looks at the great warrior named Goliath and he says, we're going to die today. There's no hope for us. None of our men could beat him and everyone is shaking. But here comes a young man feeding with some bread and some water. And he comes up to this king Saul in chapter 17. And in verse 32 of 1 Samuel, David tells Saul, don't worry about this Philistine, O king. For I'm going to go and fight him. What? Saul looks at David and says, don't be ridiculous. You're out of your mind. There's no way that you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're too small. He's a warrior. You're just a little boy. He's been a warrior since he was young. And you're nothing but a little shepherd boy. And you're young. But David... He endured and he persisted. And look what he says next, man. He says, oh, king, you don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> I might look young. I might smell like some sheep. I might be bony. I might look cute to you. My brothers who are by your side might look tougher than me. I might not look like much of a warrior today before you, oh, king. But I'm going to tell you a little bit of stuff that's in my resume, O king, that you have no idea that's inside of it. And he says, O king, I've been taking care of daddy's sheep. And I've been taking care of his goats. And when a lion and a bear came to steal a little sheep from me, I run after it. And I run with a club with my bare hands. And I rescue that sheep from its mouth. And if the animal even dares to turn on me, O king, I will catch it by its jaw and I will beat it to death. And I have done this to both lions and to bears. And I will do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. I'm telling you today that I faced some challenges. And in those challenges, they didn't make me weaker. They made me stronger. They didn't get me scared. They made me brave. They didn't make me skinny in bones. But they made me strong in faith. Oh, King, send me. Because you're about to see a warrior like no other. I'm going to attack that Philistine. You're out of your mind, young man. I am. And let me tell you why I'm crazy. Because I've been through some things, oh, King. And I don't know about you, but you're crazy. And you're crazy just like David. And don't let anyone ever tell you that you're not crazy. You conquer some giants. You chop off some giants' heads. You pick up some stones. You tell the enemy who you are. I've been through some things. I've gone through some valleys. I've beaten up with my own hands some bears and some lions. What is this challenge that I can't destroy? Come, touch me, get near me, and I will show you my strength. I will show you my strength. Come on. Come on. Come on, Saul. Come on. I'm 
going, whether you like it or not. Welcome challenge, church. Four. So finally consent is all right. Go ahead. Crazy kid. You know he didn't believe in him, right? May the Lord be with you. We know the rest of the story. Welcome challenge. Because those challenges, those experiences are preparing you for future challenges. That you would have never had the strength, had the faith, or had the ability to walk in. But you will now. Because like Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 18, it says we are like clay. And we are being prepared in the potter's hand. We read in James chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4 that he's making us complete. He is making us perfected. He is making us to a person that we lack nothing. David challenged Goliath. Goliath challenged David. Can I tell you something? David beat Goliath. I promise you it's true. Read the story. Challenges. They change you, church. Don't fear them. Welcome them. They can either A, make you, or B, break you. And they can make you, they can bring growth, they can bring maturity. Either you give up or you grow up. And this is the place of where you grow in confidence and faith in the gifts through these challenges. But if you allow it to break you and you retreat, you will be stunted in your spiritual growth. And you will be like David's brothers. How come my brother, how come they sing songs about my, oh man, how come they sing songs about my little brother? How come they make a throne for my little brother? How come they make a crown for my little brother, his brothers would say? How come they feed him the best meals to my little brother and give him the best wines to my little brother? Why do they give my little brother the palaces? Why do they give my little brother the kingdoms? Why do they give my little brother the armies? Why do they give my little brother the women, the most beautiful women of the land? Why do they give my brother everything? I'm the big brothers. Why does my little brother get everything? And David stands up and says, Big brothers, you didn't hear when you were scared in the midst of your challenge. I was brave in the midst of mine. When the challenge conquered you and beat you and defeat you, I came forward like face day and I destroyed it. Because greater is me than the weakling that's in you. I've been through some challenges. God has led me through those challenges and now I'm defeating future challenges. You know what they sang about David? Oh Saul, oh Saul, you killed your thousands, but oh David, oh David, you killed your ten thousands. I'm telling you today that there's not just one challenge or two challenges, maybe there's ten thousand challenges, but I'm telling you that whatever challenge you went through yesterday or going today, they'll sing songs about them tomorrow in your life. I want heaven to sing songs about the challenges. I want my life on earth to echo in eternity. Make way. Make way. Because great honor to the one who endured. New life is walking in. Regal's walking in. Lisette is walking in. 
Yadi Oyendi is walking in. We're all walking in and we walk into heaven's drum and we open up those pearling gates and we say we overcame. We say we stayed, we endured because we went through some challenges and they made our faith stronger. They didn't destroy us and defeat us. I pray that you welcome challenge because challenges reveal your weakness, reveal your strength and we need challenges often. We need challenge often because in the midst of all this, challenges reveal our character. And in 2 Corinthians 3.18 and in Romans chapter 8 verse 29, Scripture teaches us that it's our character that He's transforming us. He's transforming us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Welcome challenge. So here I go. Who are you today? Are you David's brothers? Or are you David? I ask you to stand with me. I'm going to read that verse one more time. James chapter 1 says, consider it a gift. Consider it a gift. When tests and challenges come in all sides, you know that under pressure, your faith is forced into an open and it shows true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. But let it do its work so that you become mature, well-developed, deficient. One person was quoted for saying this. Challenges are what makes life interesting. Overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. Yeah, your challenges are interesting. But when you overcome them, that's what it's all about. The whole story of David and Goliath, it would have been the funniest, dumbest story. It's not. Because you know what happened at the end of that challenge? He lifted up the head of his challenge. And he showed it to the armies of Israel. And you could almost hear a cry. You could almost see him doing one of these, right? of the armies of Israel went with their spears and their swords. And the land was shaking and the Philistines went. Challenges. They're overcome. They make life meaningful. Because God teaches you something about you that you never thought you had in you. David's like, I beat a lion before. I beat a bear before. Let's try this guy out. I'll beat up a warrior. It's a little bit different than your lion and your bear. He's like, I got him. Lord, I want to be like Jeremiah in chapter 1. I want to be like David in 1 Samuel 17. I want to be like the saints of Hebrews 11. I want to be like James chapter 1 and in chapter 2 and in chapter 5 I want to be that person I want to welcome challenge can you raise your hand with me can we glorify our king can you tell your God Lord I welcome challenge today I know you're doing something in me I know you're working something greater in me
Can you begin to cry out? Can you begin to worship your king? Can you begin to tell him about those challenges that he already knows about? Can you look at those challenges right now in prayer? And can you say it in faith? Come on, get near me. Come on, I welcome you. Let me show you my strength. What are you going through right now in your personal life? Come on, your faith is being hindered. Your faith is being touched. Your family is being shaken. Your finances are dwindling. Your friends are speaking lies. You're filled with hurt and pain from challenges. But today, can you look at them from a different lens and say, welcome, challenge. I'm going to show you my strength from this day forward. The same Lord that delivered those challenges to me will deliver this giant, this challenge to me. Can you give that to your God? Come on, this is prayer. This is an altar call. This is you and God. This is your heart being open. You don't need man to lay hands on you. You need the Spirit of God to move in power in you. Begin to worship your King. Begin to move in words. Begin to move in worship. If you need to yell out to God, Jesus, yell it. If you need to shout, shout. If you need to cry, cry. But say, God, I'm coming before your presence. Give me the strength in these challenges. Oh, Lord, fill me to face these challenges today. Give it to your God. Pour it out to your King. Ask the Lord to fill you. Lord, I'm speaking to you today. 